Hey, what's up? Leadership Line Podcast here, episode five, current speed, 52 miles per hour, dealing with traffic today. Today we're going to talk about vintage 4x4s. I grew up out in the country and my first real vehicle that I considered mine was a 1974 International Scout 2 Orange. And if you're familiar with the Scout brand, um, you know the first thing I had to do was take that top off. So I got the top off and I drove it for like a day, maybe not even a day, maybe I took it for like one trip and that initial trip, there was so much garbage dust inside blowing around, I couldn't see, I had to pull over um, the first time, you know, 30 years of, or 20 years at that point with uh, having the top on and, and the first time that the air got in there it blew so much dust into my eyes that I couldn't even see I pulled over it cleared my eyes and I was hooked from that point on Um, just driving and owning uh, a vintage 4x4 especially for me an international scout be able to take the top off of it uh, I was hooked but my dad would not let me drive it without a roll bar. So I drove it for that initial voyage and then the next thing I had to do was get a roll bar in it. So that was, I found a roll bar in a wrecked one that was in some guy's field and got it put in and, and I was set. I had the top off all summer long and it had its quirks and its issues like any old vehicle does. I think uh, I remember it had some issue where it would uh, make a noise every once in a while and the only way to get it to make that noise was to stop, pull over, turn it off and turn it back on and it'd be good to go after that but every once in a while turned it off it wouldn't start again and it'd have to sit for 10 or 15 minutes and then it would start so it kept life interesting for sure when I was in high school at another time I was driving a a Dodge Dakota pickup and we lived out in the country so on the way to school there was plenty of fields and stuff to uh to play in on the way to school so we'd leave early and meet up at these different fields and play in the mud Um, one day I got my Dodge Dakota truck stuck in the field got a ride to school this is before cell phones got a ride to school and then by the time I got back to it to get it pulled out of the mud someone had broken a window out and stolen my stereo out of it so I think that was an inside job. Someone, somebody knew I was stuck, and uh, 
help themselves to that. We were always working on our vehicles, um, putting lifts on them, changing the tires, changing the wheels, going bigger. One day I was riding to school. I used to, my sister and I would, I'd drive her to school and uh, my buddy was right in front of me. He had a, uh, like a full-size Chevy Blazer and he was rolling along at like highway speeds and his rear tire, one of his rear tires came off and it passed him down the highway and put him right into the ditch. So yeah, we, we messed around and, and, you know, we always thought we knew what we were doing, but we're probably a little out of our league at some point. When we were in college, I had a, uh, a full-size Chevy pickup and my roommate had a full-size Ford pickup. And we'd always go, like Friday night, Saturday night, we'd go up to the mountains and uh, play in the mud. We'd take both vehicles, load up as many people as we could in, the, in them and go up and play in the mud or the snow or whatever. One time we went up to uh, went up this uh, kind of this mountain where there was a parking area at the top, um, kind of a lookout. And it was snowy. It was you know there was probably a foot of snow, two feet of snow. I don't know on the ground, but the the top was just a big asphalt kind of playground area for us. So we were doing cookies and and playing around up there and somebody had the brilliant idea that they would uh, at the end of the, the parking lot it kind of just gently sloped up the hill and they thought okay let's take two of the trucks there was three trucks there let's take two of the trucks and we'll drag race across the parking lot and then when you get to the end with that gentle slope we thought hey we'll just hill climb up there and then the person that's left in the back can uh can pull anyone out if they got stuck so I waited there and they took off ready set go and they went and as soon as they got to the other end of the parking lot ready to do that little hill climb at the end unfortunately they realized that there was an like an 18 inch concrete berm around the edge of the parking lot so both trucks slammed into that berm before they jumped up onto that little hill climb and uh, did some pretty good damage. One guy smashed his face into the steering wheel. Um, and if you're listening, sorry, buddy, but that was still funny. Um, and did some damage to his truck. The One of the vehicles was a Toyota. It popped right over that. And I don't think it did much damage at all to his being a little lighter of a vehicle. So that was cool, though. We had a great time. I, you know, some of the stuff now, you look back on it, being an adult and think, man, what were we doing? You know, we would, we would, uh, we had two vehicles and usually like six of us, three people in each vehicle. So then we didn't want to get both vehicles stuck. So we would, okay, we're leaving one vehicle at the bottom of anything, you know, climbing, hill climbing in the mud or whatever. So we'd throw everyone in the back of one of the trucks, you know, real smart and hill climb but I don't know it's good memories good times but yeah my first vehicle was that international scout and since then it, it kind of got me hooked on international scouts you know I unfortunately sold that first one it was a 
it was a you know a relatively quality vehicle as far as the rust factor and uh, you know being a complete vehicle you don't see them like that anymore but uh, that got me hooked ever since then after I sold that I, I knew that I would own another one and it took you know 20 years but I I do now own another international scout that I'm building it's a, a 1979 four-wheel drive it's got the 345 v8 engine in it uh, currently I've got the body off of the chassis and I'm going through just working from the back bumper forward just going through everything and you know, I'm a pretty poor mechanic so everything that uh, I'm doing is basically from learning from YouTube and then you know going one step at a time I, I go out there and work for a little while in the shop and then I have to look something up on YouTube for you know what I need to do next but uh, it's good it's a fun project it's it's something that I I look forward to I can't wait until I I get it back on the road but yeah it was a process I I looked uh, you know once I I got a little older as an adult I looked for a while for the right one and just you know it never worked out just trying to find just the right vehicle that uh, you know is something that you can work with with you know minimal rust that uh, you know has a decent engine still in it and I, I don't know that I found that on on any front in the vehicle I ended up with but uh, I'm motivated and I'm working through it right now so I purchased it and I contacted I think I there was a website like that I, I just put in my request that I needed a vehicle hauled from point A to point B and then people would bid on it um, so I, I took the low bidder and had a, a good experience with that got the vehicle back to my place and it's I've had it now for you know this spring will be two years and I'd like to say I'm I'm almost complete but I'm still quite a ways from it currently I am going through the engine and I'm at the point where I need to use a micrometer to kind of see uh, where I'm at with the tolerances of the the pistons and the head and all that stuff which you know remember I don't know a thing about being a mechanic and so that's a struggle but I think uh, once I decide you know whether my pistons and head are, are good then I'm putting it back together I've been kind of buying parts slowly on a budget as we is you know I can and I'm ready to put the engine back together and once I do that it'll include a, a complete rewiring job because the Einstein that had it before me decided they didn't want the 345 engine in it so they were going to pull the engine to sell and so they cut every hose brake line and wire coming off coming out of the engine compartment so everything will be new there too but once I'm done with the engine and we're rewired I'm gonna get into the bodywork it needs 
a lot of body work. There's some rust I need to take care of. It's clean underneath. There's no rust underneath, which is, you know, is rare for a scout. A lot of times you'll find the floorboards are completely rusted out. Um, but no, I, I just, I have rust around the, the windshield frame and I need to replace uh, a rear quarter panel. I think the rest of the stuff that I'm dealing with is, uh, it's all manageable stuff that I can, you know, learn how to weld. Cause remember, I don't know how to weld either. Um, but once I get into repairing the, the rust, I think it's something that I can handle. But, uh, I don't know. I'm looking forward to you know, I listened to a podcast called uh, The New Legend Podcast. It's uh, put out by a company called New Legend 4x4. And they talk a lot about just about the experience of owning a vintage 4x4. And, you know, there's, it's so true that, you know, going to the grocery store to buy milk in a vintage 4x4 all of a sudden is, is something that's memorable going to do just random things that are normal in life all of a sudden take on a whole new meaning when they're done in a vintage 4x4 and that's the kind of memories that I'm looking forward to making you know with my kids and just to having myself once that scout is on the road and, and running so anyway that's project number one a 1979 vintage or uh, international scout 2 but recently, I had another idea for my next project. I've always been a, a pretty frugal guy. I don't need a new vehicle. I don't need, you know, I could care less about keeping up with the Joneses. And so because of that, you know, the vehicle I drive is, is 18 years old currently. And I'm looking at the odometer with 173,000 miles on it. And it's a Toyota. I think this thing can go for a couple hundred thousand more miles. So I don't need a brand new vehicle or a new truck or something flashy. But I think my next project that I want is uh, I'd like to get a commuter that is a, like a 1955 through 59 Chevy pickup, maybe like a Chevy Apache, and there's a kit from a company called Easy Chassis Swap. They sell a kit that will let the uh, the body of that 55 through 59 Chevy pickup sit right on. It'll bolt on to a late 90s, early 2000 Chevy Caprice frame engine and transmission so you get the ride quality of uh, a late model vehicle the anti-lock brakes I'm assuming power steering you know all the safety that would come along with that and you know you'd be from the outside it would be a 55 to 59 Chevy pickup I think that would be awesome to have that as my vehicle I think uh because it's a caprice, sorry, the 
freeway wants to slow down again. Um, because it's a Caprice and a pretty common vehicle, I've looked uh, on Craigslist and you can you can find a low mileage uh, Chevy Caprice for like 2500 bucks. So I think overall you could be into it for 5000 You know, find a, uh, a nice patinaed uh, Chevy pickup and a low mileage Chevy Caprice and be into the, the, the whole package for around 5000 6000 bucks. And that'd be a sweet daily driver. But anyway, I gotta get to my Scout first. And I got a, a while left on that one. But yeah, that's my thoughts on vintage 4x4s. Just uh, excited to... Uh, go to the grocery store to get milk. I can't stand going shopping. I told you that before. But my wife might be able to get me to go shopping in the Scout. It's like, what? You need milk? Send me. You need me to go to the store and get uh, bread? Eggs? I'm down. No problem. So wife, you got that to look forward to. Anyway, that's all I got today. Uh, my thoughts on vintage 4x4s. And uh, have a great day. Drive safe and Lord bless.